We've all heard it before. You should follow your passion if you want to be happy and successful in life. But what if you don't know what your passion is? Or what if there's no money in your passion? Or what if you just have a lot of passions? Within the Fizzle team, we believe follow your passion is both essential and terrible advice. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! This is this is the Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another honest conversation for people running and creating businesses to live life on their own terms. We know it's possible. We have done it. We're doing it. But we also know it's difficult. Possible, amazing, and difficult. And that's why we do the Fizzle Show. Now, if you want to go deeper than just the podcast episodes, if you want to pursue more in-depth guidance to create your business or make your existing business fun again, or just to get a creative project off the ground with the chance that it can actually earn you some extra money, we've created something just for you. And it's not what you think. It's not a course. It's a bunch of courses on all the things you need to know. And they're all really enjoyable. And it's not what you think. You don't do it alone. You do it in community. There are a ton of us, and we motivate, encourage, and support each other. It's difficult to do the thing you're trying to do, but it's amazing when you do it, when you live life on your own terms. We believe in Fizzle, and we want you to try it. We want you to try it for five weeks for free. We want to give you five weeks for free, which, come on, that's like a pretty big freebie, you guys. Uh, To learn more and start your free five weeks right now, you can go to fizzle.co slash try five. That's fizzle.co slash try five. Don't fizzle out. Don't burn out. Instead, make steady progress towards life on your terms. Fizzle.co slash try five. All right. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 201. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. I like that. So exciting. Well, I'm... I'm I'm really excited about our po- our topic today, which, uh, Corbett, I think I'm just going to pass it over to you and just say, bring out the funk, Pastor right. Punk. Say good, or good something. luck, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> is, this yeah. just a, is this just so that we understand how difficult your day is every time you have to record a podcast? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you, you, you went above and beyond and, pre- and prepared a, a good deal of information that is like, oh, this is going to be an amazing episode. I can already tell. All right. Well... So today, what we're going to talk about generally is this idea of following your passion. And everybody's heard this advice. I saw a graph recently that showed something like the number of times the phrase follow your passion is referred to in books went from something Mm. like zero about 20 years ago to a billion times a year now, something like that. And Mm. uh, I might be paraphrasing, but it's used over and over again. And I'm sure everybody has heard it. And people have probably heard arguments on both sides of it. You've probably heard that following your passion is great advice, and then maybe you've heard that it isn't such great advice. So today, what I wanted to do is to approach this show in three parts. We're going to call this Why Follow Your Passion is Essential But Terrible Advice. 
because it really can be a mix of both. So we're going to take this show in three acts. The first act is going to be about why following your uh, passion is essential advice. The second act will be why is follow your passion terrible advice. And then finally, we'll get to what should you really do instead of following one or the other of these, um, you know, frames of advice. So with that, if you guys are ready to jump in, let's start off by talking about why following your passion is really essential advice. And I think people have probably heard us on this show before talk about it um, in terms of how important it can be. And we're not alone in this because we've got a couple of quotes here to start off with. The first is from Steve Jobs in his famous Stanford commencement address speech, which we'll put in the show notes. Where are the show notes for this going to be, Chase? Fizzleshow.co slash 201, 201. Awesome. So if you haven't seen this one before, you should go watch it. Most people probably have because it made the rounds a while ago. And um, what uh, the Steve Jobs speech is actually pretty long, but there's a section in the middle of it where he he addresses following your your passion. So I'm just going to read this out here to begin with. Steve Jobs said, I'm convinced that the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is as true for your work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll get, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle. Now, hold on. I want to camp out here for a second, Corbett. Yeah. Uh, and just like, I want to know from you, like what, 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 what do you hear when, when you read off that quote? Like what's, what's something that like stands out to you? Well, especially because it's coming from Steve Jobs, you just start imagining that this is the secret to his success. We've all heard yeah. about how driven he is and how meticulous he is and how, you know, of all the brilliant people that work at Apple, Steve was the one with really the driving force behind all of the amazing products that they created over the past 20 years. And so it just suddenly feels like, oh my God, this is it. This is what really matters. You have to find Steve the master of, you know, of uh, of creating brilliant products is telling us that you have to not settle for second best when it comes to finding your passion. You have to find something you really care about and then, um, you know, do that for a living so that you can do truly mm. great work. And uh, it really, I think it makes you take pause, doesn't it? It really does. I, the, the truly great work bit is the bit that stands out to me. I'm trying to find, yeah. And the only way to do great work, oh wait, right before, the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And as someone who's a bit of a satisfaction junkie myself, uh, those are like, those words are very plainly spoken. You know, they're very plainly spoken, but they're really, they're kind of the whole thing. When I think of Steve Jobs uh, giving this address, at the time of his death, he had his iPad, right? And there was one book on that iPad. There was only one book, and it was the uh, biography of Yogananda, who was one of these uh, Eastern uh, yoga dudes, uh, mystic holy men guys. Uh, one of the, the guy who kind of popularized yoga in in the West a uh, long, long time ago. I, I watched the documentary on him. It was actually really cool. 
Um, but knowing Steve Jobs' story, he's he had this very mystic uh, Eastern uh, exploration vibe to him early on in his life. And I love when he says this, as with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it, right? <laughs> For some reason, I feel like I'm I'm kind of prone to believe that from Steve Jobs. I don't know. I don't need to talk mm-hmm. too much about Steve Jobs because he's got so much of his of his own BS that that we're you know I don't know I I, I don't know but but I I like I like this about him a lot and I find it kind of convicting you know the only way to do great work uh, is to do what uh, is to love what you do but before that the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work and I just like that great work ugh. It's heavy. Yeah. Steph, what do you hear in this quote? What stands out to you? You know, it's interesting. The, the part that you just picked out, Chase, is my favorite part. As with all uh, matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. That part does bring me comfort because it kind of tells me, okay, I'll kind of have this sense that I'm in the right place when I get there. However, and I'm wondering, I, I have found that for some, some people listening, this is probably the case too. The advice, follow your passion, as well as what I'm hearing in this quote is kind of a stressful concept. Like this part about not settling and don't settle, it kind of stresses me out. And I I wonder if other people relate to that because it sort of feels like, you know, like it's it, there's this sense that it's never going to be good enough, right? And I think that might be part of what the stumbling block that I'm sure we'll get into later in this episode with the, the advice of following your passion is like, that that feeling of okay well is have i arrived is this it am i settling and that question am i settling for me is actually very mm. unsettling because i can Ooh, feel sort of yeah. oh. i can feel sort of still and at peace and i will still if i ask myself am i settling i can probably still make an argument for another way to, you know what another way to read that question is is there something better out there and mm. that to me opens a really interesting fascinating and scary door i think oh hugely hugely and the way you phrased it is 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 totally on point right absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. absolutely stressful and terrifying yeah right um i don't know corbett where do you want to go next well i i so i i love the way steve jobs takes this to a second level and you mentioned this a couple of times that this idea that it's not just about following your passion on the surface. It's not just about following your passion so that you'll be happy because you're doing something that you're passionate about. It's about following your passion so that you can do truly great work. And that's the other scary thing, mm-hmm. right, Steph? It's not just about, is there something better out there like that I would feel more passionate about, but is there something out there that I would be more passionate about that would allow me to do much better work? What if there's something out there that would allow you to do 10 times the quality of work that you're doing right now because it's right in your wheelhouse? for some mm-hmm. reason. And that's, that's the really scary thing as well. So, yep. um, beyond Steve jobs quote, you know, there's a ton of these, these quotes about following your passion out there. Another one that I really like is from Howard Thurman, who was a civil rights activist. He said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So this approaches it, not necessarily from the selfish perspective, but just imagining, wouldn't the world be a better place if everyone got to do something that they loved for a living? When you're just when you're around people who are doing something that they really care about, you can feel it, right? You can feel that vibrance and and um, enthusiasm that they have, and it just makes them a joy to be around, and it makes you know um, everyone around them. I think it rubs off on a little bit. So I really like this quote. I don't think it it doesn't have the perspective of Steve Jobs. 
It's just more of an observation. It's not looking back yeah. on your life like Steve did saying, well, this is what allowed me to live the life that I've lived. This is more like, you know, the world would just be a better place. Mm, yeah. Now, Steph, I'm curious with that second quote from Howard Thurman, does this have the same kind of anxiety to it as the Steve Jobs quote? You know, I don't think so. And as I was preparing uh, for this for this podcast today, what I can't the person I can't help but think about is Elizabeth Gilbert, in particular the book Big Magic. I kind of consider her, at least for me right now in my life, she's like the authority. I think she's the authority on following your passion, or at least on creativity. And I yeah. think that what I've read from her really is more in line with this Howard Thurman approach, which is, you know, she she actually talks about when she speaks with people who say they want to write a book, and a lot of people approach it as you know, I want to help people by writing this book. And what she says about mm -hmm. that is while that's really noble of you, like she, she says, oh God, please, please don't try to help me with your book. Like that is not the reason to write the book. The reason to write the book is because of what H Howard Thurman is talking about here, because you feel like you have something you want to say, because it makes you come alive to put this message out into the world, to be creative. So this goes back to a lot of things I feel like we've been talking about on this show lately, which is sort of this like self-contained uh, project. Instead of looking looking out there to what the world needs and that, the, that, that outside pressure of how do I help people? How do I, you know, cause I think there's ego wrapped up in that. Like, how do I make this thing be a big hit? And instead what makes me come mm, alive? Mm, what, what is, mm. maybe that is really what we're talking about here. When we say, follow your passion, it's sort of like, what, what is the thing that I'm dying to put out there into the world? Uh -huh. If for no other reason than because I really, really want to. Okay. So this is triggering a few things for me, one of the things that really struck me about Steve Jobs' quote was this concept of great work. I'm someone who, personally, I've always wanted to do great work. Now, great work, to me, can take on very quickly and almost instinctually a sense of important work, work that matters, more than work I'm proud of. And I think maybe in those two things this is where this this whole anxiety lives. There's work you're proud of, and then there's work that's important. And work you're proud of, who's responsible for defining or deciding if, it, if you are proud of it or not, right? It's yourself. But work that's important, who's responsible for defining if that work is important or not? I don't know, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's your dad. Maybe you're trying to get your dad to see your work as important, or... <laughs> Maybe it's uh, if, if enough people say that it's important work, like maybe if it's a thousand people, if a thousand people say it's important work, then maybe that's important enough. Now, now it's great work. Or is it, or is it 10,000 people? Is that, is that when it'll be enough? And this to me is where so much of the battle for my soul is waged. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said you mentioned right there, Steph. Uh, I think there's some ego in that, right? In 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 some of these, the ways of phrasing this. And, and for me, there's a there is just like I can't tell where which one I am when I think about great work. And it happened right there as I was reading this quote for the first time just a little bit ago from Steve Jobs. Because I was like, yes, this is what I want. And I got my war paint on, and I got ready to do whatever it is that needed to be done. And this is where I was least likely to really actually tell with the sort of like the, I don't know, the, I want to say sensitivity, but it doesn't take any sensitivity at all to notice what makes you come alive. 
It's literally like what you know how to tell best, right? And as you're talking about Elizabeth Gilbert, I'm still halfway through Big Magic, and I and I haven't read it in months because I just don't want to finish it. <laughs> I just yeah. want to always be in the middle of that book. Yeah. Um, and so I do a quick little Elizabeth Gilbert follow passion quote, and she gets to exactly what you're talking about in these two quotes, Steph. One is, instead of that anxiety about chasing a passion that you're not even feeling, do something that's a lot simpler. Just follow your curiosity. And then another quote, if you can't let go of passion and follow, or if you can let go of passion and follow your curiosity, your curiosity just might lead you to your passion. Mm -hmm. And in my own life, there's something, you know, this is all in act one. Why follow your passion is essential advice. And in my own life, I've, I've noticed uh, so many passions come and go. Um, but there have been things that I've learned that have sort of stayed, they, they've persisted. I almost call them like, you know, in, in creative work, there's a difference between principles and tactics, right? Principle of contrast in painting is a principle. But the tactics of, you know, how much is enough contrast, that this changes over time, you know, and, and it comes and goes with trends and fads. But there's principles that remain the same regardless. And when you know the principles, you can spot the trends, you can spot the trash and fashions. Uh, <laughs> that's a great little Freudian slip, <laughs> trashins. <laughs> you can spot the fashions. And maybe then you can say, I'm none of these trends or fashions. I'm doing this thing. And then you create your own trend, right? Um, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts that that uh, that kind of feel like coming out out of out of because I just feel I love when you brought up the stress and anxiety of this stuff because I think a lot of a lot of us feel that mm -hmm. uh, of like and the way that you phrased it, you know, is there something better out there? Am I settling? You know, and Steve Jobs as he ends this thing or he gets into it, what does he talk about? You, if you haven't found it yet. Keep looking, don't settle, yep. right? Like all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And it's hard to have that last part, that like almost faith or that trust, like, oh, don't worry, we'll find it. You know, I think that that it maybe is meant to, to be said with a little bit of like, oh, I don't know it yet. So let's just be curious and follow our bliss and do the things. Uh, but instead, because we're all a bunch of freaking high performing, you know, <laughs> like type A uh, egotistical Americans, just like just the amazing thing that we are. Uh, uh, not, of course, there's so many more than just Americans that listen to this, but so much of us are high strung, so much of us are high performing, so much of us have what, uh, what, uh, Elizabeth, not Elizabeth Brown, uh, Brene Brown says productivity as an identity. And yeah, so, totally, we, we, you know what I mean? It's like it's, 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 it's busyness as status and productivity as identity. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's what we do then with this like don't settle. It's like okay, then I'm not going to settle. I'm going to try twice as hard and do all this stuff, right? But I like I like I like I love that you brought up uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert on this. Just this idea of like, can you let go of passion and maybe head towards curiosity? And this is something Corbett and I have done in our language at Fizzle here from the beginning. We've always used the word care instead of passion. Corbett, do you remember like us ever yeah. talking about that, or why, why did why, why did we choose care instead of passion? 
Um, well, let's save that for just a moment because I think that's a great way to okay. segue into, into the second act. Before we wrap this up, though, just two other quick things. Um, one other really great quote came to mind, and this is from another uh, commencement speech. And again, we'll put this in the show notes, fizzleshow.co slash 201. And uh, mm-hmm. this is from Jim Carrey. Do you guys remember that one, that speech? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, So yeah. good, right? So Jim yeah. Carrey is addressing um, a graduation of sorts, and he tells this story, I, I think, about his dad and how his dad was an accountant or something and worked his whole life really hard and ended up with nothing at the end of it, really ended up failing as an accountant. And Jim says that you know you can work your whole life and end up failing at something that you don't even like. So you might as well spend your whole life pursuing something you love. And I'm paraphrasing there, and again, we'll we'll include the video, but I think that's another way to look at it. It's not just, is it the right thing to do to follow my passion, but is following yeah. something else the wrong thing to do? Because you could just mess that up, and at the end of your life, or the end of your working years, look back and go, God damn, I, I didn't even, I thought it was the safe path, right, to d- just become a dentist, yeah. or a doctor, or an accountant, or whatever, and it didn't yeah. even end up working out, so... So that's really, you know, it's not just the fear of, is there something else out there, but the fear of, am I going to get through 40 years of working and look back and realize I screwed up the whole thing? Yeah. You know, you know what it reminds me of is there was a, a fizzler who reached out uh, uh, in the forums. We, were, we had sent me a message and we were talking about something because he was like, dude, I think a lot like you. And here's one of the things I'm dealing with. What do you think? And it was just like, he's like, I got this new opportunity and it could be really big. And yet, and I just heard all the triggers, you know what I mean? Because I also heard him talking with his heart too, just going like, but I really like this over here, but this opportunity, now it's going to mean I need to work a little bit harder, but the chances of it being successful are much greater, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, this was this is what my life has felt like. It's, and, and you realize that an opportunity presents itself and it has literally no concern about who or what you are. Like it, do, it does not, it does not, it has nothing to do with your heart or not. Uh, uh, what, am, what am I saying by this? It, it, you, something you said in there, this idea of Jim Carrey going, uh, you can fail at something you don't like, just as you could fail at something you like. So might as well try failing at something that you at least like, because in some ways that's almost its own reward because you're working on something you're interested in, Right. And, and so I kind of relayed the same kind of message to him because I think it's so elusive, not elusive, uh, intoxicating, this idea of opportunity. And this is something every single person listening to the show is constantly on the lookout for. Oh, wait, if I do that, maybe I'll be more likely to get successful over there because it's a newer niche or because there's less competition or because this audience is underserved or because nobody exists and is doing that yet. Right, we're constantly weighing these opportunities, and I think that is what we're in dialogue with when we're trying to find that thing that sort of resonates deep down in us, as Howard Thurman says, that makes us come alive. And I don't know, I hadn't thought about that before, but just that the opportunity in quotes and air quotes, opportunity is like a siren calling, you know, and you're the ship, you're on the ship and you're trying to, to set a course for something that like really makes you come alive because, because that's the thing is to be someone who's really, really alive, really, really engaged, really, really in awe and wonder at just be at, 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 at everything 
in life. And that's going to make success happen. Quote, air quotes there around success. Like we've talked about in the last few episodes, what defining your own success means. I don't know. I just think this is the, the there's something about opportunity that that draws us away from ourselves in this, for the sake of, you know, we, we're like intelligent. Like, oh, this might work. And then next thing you know, we're just lost. We don't know how to make ourselves come alive anymore. So for me, just to wrap up this this first act, there are really two reasons why following your passion is essential advice. The first is really what we've been talking about, which is a lot of really smart people look back on their lives and realize that following their passion, doing something that they really cared about was the key to fulfillment, to doing really great work and to being successful. So those are, you know, three really important things to, to want to achieve throughout the course of your life. And here we have Jim Carrey and Steve Jobs and Howard Thurman and others telling us Elizabeth Gilbert talking about how important these things are. So that's the first reason why it's essential. The second reason, which we didn't really talk about yet for me is more around just the success factor. I think that personal interest, Mm. having passion for what you do can often be an X factor. So if you can imagine, if you decide to jump into, let's say, um, bicycles, you're going to build bicycles and you find yourself in a situation of intense competition. Well, as the founder of a bicycle company, if you have deep passion for some particular area and that's what you're pursuing, then that can be the, the X factor that drives you to put in the 110%, 120% effort for a sustained period of time to get you through and so that you can gain market share and and beat out that competition. Or if you're just one person and you're starting a blog on a particular topic, if you have passion for it, you're likely to be able to put in those 100 blog posts, to write those first 100 blog posts that we recommend you need to get through to really see any sort of traction. Versus if you go after something because you think it's just an opportunity or because you don't have passion for it, but have chosen it for a different reason, then you're likely to fade and not have the stamina to, to put in that effort. So I think that's you know yeah. a, a factor really in, in strongly in favor of choosing something that you are passionate about. So yeah, and this makes me think of I just watched a a documentary. It, 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 the the thing the particular thing that you yourself are passionate about that you yourself come alive about. Like it, it, I love I love the 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 term curiosity that that Elizabeth Br- uh, Gilbert talks about. Now I've got my Brene Browns and my Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm just they're literally just like one cocktail in my head <laughs> at this point. So, but but. The particular thing that fires you up or makes you come alive or that you're passionate about or that you're curious about, like just like, you know, curiosity is sort of like a force unto itself. And the particular thing that you're curious about can totally shape the direction your company heads. I just watched a documentary called Tim's Vermeer, which was fascinating, made by Penn and Teller. And it, uh, it documents this inventor this guy who created like some technology that that was that, that was integral to to 3D modeling and rendering for movies and stuff like that and he was just a tinkerer for forever ever since he was a kid and he got a broken player piano in his house and he was like you know 11 years old and he fixes the player piano figures out how to slow it down and then learns how to play old timey like ragtime music nice <laughs> so that at this young age gets him interested in this technology 
And then he just keeps, keeps evolving that curiosity until this Tim's Vermeer documentary documents how he goes, I think Vermeer was using technology to paint these paintings and I'm going to prove it to you. And then he does, he does, spends four years, you guys, creating this scene that then he uses this very simple tool uh, of, you know, a camera obscura type thing with, with a, an innovation that he was like, oh, this mirror thing is what none of us knew he was doing. And he makes this Vermeer painting that's like exactly just like this one. Anyways, I'm, I'm like buzzing from it still because it, it hit now, now for him, it was the it was curious about the technology, and that's what made him a phenomenally interesting painter. Do you know what I mean? And that and so like the, your example of the bike maker. If you have a bike company, like it might be your interest in I don't know colors. Like uh, you're just you're just like curiosity. You're just natural sort of joie de vivre around color or something or Instagram or or whatever it is that makes that gives that like sort of X factor to that bike company. And again, just that, just kind of reiterating what Corbett just said, that your personal interest can be this X factor in whether or not your company gets successful. Hey guys, listen, I'm going to break up real, just a second. I want to step in and just say, we got a sponsor for this episode and it's FreshBooks. And boy, have they got a product for you. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses, especially, you know, for all you freelancers listening, and there's a lot of you. This is for you. This is for you freelance business owners out there. Uh, and its goal is to help make everyday invoicing and accounting easy. Uh, it's going to make it easy. And they want to make it fast. <laughs> they they make it faster. Uh, and they want to make it secure, you know. And if you got a security problem when it comes down to your banks and your digits, you know, I had an aunt. She got, let's just say, whoa, be careful. Do not use the internet at Starbucks. Now, one thing you might not know is that FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up. That's right. FreshBooks, you might have looked at it before, but it's different now. Redesigned. Ground up. There's not a ground on the internet. That's what makes it the internet. But these guys did it from the ground up if there were a ground on the internet. And if you looked at it before, you might need to look at it again. Now, one of the things that FreshBooks is going to help you do is cash flow tracking. I know a lot of you freelancers are like, mm-hmm, that's tough. And then some of you freelancers are like, what's that? And I'm like, listen up, dude. Because cash flow flagging, cash, cash flow, cash flow tracking is uh, all the little details about cash flow are kept in one place. So FreshBooks knows exactly what your invoices you've sent when you sent them, who's paid you, and who owes you what. Listen, now that's a big deal, cash flow tracking for all of the small business freelancers out there. So listen, here's the deal. You're going to get 30 days of this thing. Now, I had an uncle who did 30 days in state penitentiary. Now, that is not the same. I mean, he did come out a very different person. And I think you go 30 days into, into fresh books. If you haven't been using anything like this before, you're going to come out a very different person, but in a different way than Earl was, because Earl, that was a nightmare. What you're going to do is you're going to go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle because they're going to give you 30 days. That's right, 30 days for free. Complete, unrestricted use of the program. All right? And when you go there, freshbooks.com slash fizzle, make sure you type in The Fizzle Show in How Did You Hear About Us? The Fizzle Show, freshbooks.com slash fizzle. Let's get back to this incredible episode. So, Let's move on to the second act, which is when is this terrible advice? When is telling someone to follow their passion horrible advice? And to start off, uh, let's dig up. You you started to talk a little bit about care and the fact that mm -hmm. at Fizzle, mm -hmm. we don't talk too much about passion. We talk about care. 
And mm, yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, the the start of why follow your passion is terrible advice is because people end up with this, this fallacy in their head that there is one true passion for each person. And that passion is binary. It's either 100%, I feel, you know, that this is my life's work and this is the only thing I'm ever going to do with my life, or it's something else. And you're in search of that one thing. Steve Jobs, that anxiety that Steph mentioned, feels like there's this one thing out there and I have to find it. And people get stuck in this one passion fallacy. And I think there's a real risk that you're going to get so like freaked out by not knowing what your passion is that you don't end up doing anything for a really long time and you miss out on a lot of opportunities. In my mind, I I like to think about in this argument that there are two people out there. There's the one person, the one guy who's like, uh, you know, I got to find my passion. I have to follow my one true passion. And then there's the other person who's like, I got to find the next hot opportunity. You know, there's, there's a million things going on and I just got to find that right opportunity. I'm going to work it and make this incredible business. And both of them come up short for one reason or another. The person that's looking for the one true passion often, uh, comes up short because they never find that one true passion or because they jump into something where, it's really hard to create value for people and therefore you're not going to end up being successful at this thing. And over the long haul, passion fades and it's really hard to stay, to feel good about something over the long haul when you're not successful at it. Failure can really suck the life out of almost any passion that you might have. So, um, I don't know. Does that sound like why we use the word care to you, Chase, instead of passion? Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, there, there's this, uh, there's a series of books called the Do Good Do Do Books. Um, they're made by this amazing like hero company of mine that started a lecture series called the Do Lectures. Um, centered around, I think the guy who started it was David Hyatt of Hyatt Denim, a Wales manufacturer, a Wales based denim manufacturer that like guy that like took over like an ancient sort of denim manufacturer in Wales and started creating like badass selvage denim. That's what I understand of the story right now. I might be butchering it, but, um, he himself wrote a book called do purpose. And in this, he tells the difference between, he talks about the difference between, uh, you know, companies that have purpose and companies that don't. One of the things he says, you know, you, you like bigger corporations, they have, they have ev- more of everything than you do. More resources, more manpower, more intelligence, more et cetera. And then the next page is they have more of everything than you. More meetings, more bureaucracy, more rigmarole, more, you know what I mean? All of that stuff. And, uh, and one of the things he talks about is the difference between hot passion and cold passion. I don't like this language quite as much as the difference between passion and care, or even Elizabeth Gilbert's passion versus curiosity, um, even though that's a little bit of a different world. But for him, hot passion comes and goes. Hot passion is like, is like a, I don't know, like you remember puppy love, right? Mm-hmm. Like hot passion is sort of lusty. It's sort of lusty to not make it too sexual because it doesn't have to be, it's not sexual, but it's some, it shares something with that sort of lusty, sexual desire it kind of it comes it's very strong and powerful but then it kind of like it's gone it goes Mm -hmm. away hot passion comes and goes but cold passion he talks about is like and again i just like the word care more uh it's just something that no matter who no matter what you're in however you feel this is something that's important to you 
right? It's not something that's important. It's like we all like we're all signaling our values like crazy on Facebook right now, going like, I don't agree with Donald Trump or I agree with Donald Trump. You know what I mean? We're all signaling our values like crazy. These are these are something different than than what I think we mean when we say care to you personally, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter if it's popular or not, no matter. I mean, like a lot of us get to share that stuff because it is pop. Like we know that like and I'm, I'm like, dude, my uncle needs to stop following me. That just need, he needs to get out of here. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell him who I am. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I like this distinction between uh, what he says, hot passion and cold passion, or how we put it, passion versus care. Because, you know, in Shakespearean language, like passion, my passion was running hot like the blood at the tip of my thumb. And I pricked it therein and sucketh off the blood. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, guys, which is just a, literally a yearly reminder that if you ever get a chance to see the improvised Shakespeare company, stop everything you're doing. Like leave your spouse if you need to, to go see the improvised Shakespeare company. That is the end of that PSA. But the difference between passion and care or hot passion and cold passion, there's something more wise about this cold passion or what we call care. And and I love actually this the, the intersection between this and that Steve Jobs quote where he says, you know, don't, uh, if you haven't found it yet, don't worry, like don't settle, uh, keep looking after it. Uh, and then Elizabeth Gilbert says, maybe drop your, if you can let go of your passion and follow your curiosity for a while, your curiosity might just lead you to your passion there. And I think when she says passion there, it, 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 it sounds more like a, a sort of a deep, resonant care or a passion that does not uh, come and go, right? Steph, what are you hearing over there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of taking it in because I hadn't thought as much about the, about the difference between passion and care, although I think I came to the same conclusion in a different way. So when Chase was just kind of making, drawing the distinction or the similarity between the kind of business passion we're talking about, this hot passion and relationships, my mind couldn't help but go there as well, especially as triggered by that Steve Jobs quote when he himself, you know, compared it by saying, as with matters of the heart. And it just kind of got me thinking. It got me exactly what Chase said, that in the beginning, I started thinking about how you kind of have like that butterflies in the stomach kind of feeling when you have like that newness of a relationship. There's like the thrill of the chase, that whole thing that we've all been through. But then (laughs) the way I thought about it is once we're like air quote official, you know, with our business, aka, (laughs) you know, getting getting deeper into the work of it, that passion can fade. It can fade or at least temporarily obscure itself or hide itself from view. You know, every relationship has its ebbs and flows and it's no different with the relationship that all of us have with our businesses. So just the same way that passion, that that thrill alone doesn't make for a successful romantic relationship, as you settle in for the long haul, I think things like commitment and sacrifice and communication, all the things that work in relationships, it's really, these have applications in business as well. So passion isn't enough to carry you through the the entire business journey. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we're going to wake up and even if you're in the right business, you're not going to want to work on your business that day. And I think if we were to just look at that and say, oh, well, does this mean I'm not passionate anymore? That's where that sort of like wandering eye, if we can follow the metaphor through, that's where that like don't settle thing really stresses me out as far as business. Because if you look at relationships, it's the same thing. You could be in a marriage or a serious relationship and say to yourself, well, do I have another soulmate? Is there somebody out there that I'd be better with? And 
you know, I just don't think that you set yourself up for success um, with relationships or with business. So for me, it's really it's really the same thing. Um, so I think that while it's important, especially in the beginning, it is essential. There's so much more that comes into play when you start to get into the guts of building a business, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. you know, and the other thing to consider here is what's the goal of following your passion or what, why would someone advise that? And mm. you have to imagine that it is some combination. This is sort of like the episode we did a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Chase said, at the end of the day, you know, success looks similar for most people. There's some combination of fulfillment and monetary success and, you know, the, the things that we all look for. And I think when you tell someone to follow your passion, it's because you want them to be happy and successful at the end of the day. Yeah. And if that's your goal, if you want fulfillment and success, then passion alone isn't enough. And I think this should be obvious. But when you tell someone mm -hmm. to follow your passion and make it sound as if that's the only thing that matters in life, they miss out on a lot of other important things. A business, mm. for example, needs to provide something of incredible value to its audience. And just having passion doesn't guarantee that you're going to do that. Also, you could follow your passion and find out that maybe you don't like the people that you have to work with or serve or the you know the, just the people that are involved in that topic, that passion, whatever it is. Uh, it could be that you follow your passion but absolutely hate the lifestyle of what you have to do. You know, maybe it turns out that you, you're passionate about comedy and you want to be a comedian, but schlepping, you know, yourself around the mountain States in a van isn't all that exciting <laughs> and sleeping in crappy hotels and being away from your family. Maybe that, maybe that overcomes the passion. Maybe that ends up being more important to you. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. finally, uh, you should also consider just because you're passionate about something doesn't necessarily mean that you can become really excellent at that thing. It's usually a good precursor, but I could be passionate as hell about basketball and I'm probably never going to overcome my physical limitations or at this point my age. So, you know, you really have to think about a combination of things and I think it does a disservice to your chances of fulfillment and success if all you mm. focus on is passion. You know, it makes me think of, um, I have one great story of, of seeing an opportunity, what I thought was an opportunity. Uh, and this was, this was after I had done, I had started, a, I started a blog called write to mean W R I T E to mean just to be like a writer. And then the things that I was writing there about being a dad started to get pretty popular. And so I started up a new blog called father apprentice. And that was all about being a, a, a dad. And then as I was doing that, I was like, oh, got it. Dads don't buy like books about being dads. Like the best chance I have is as a wife or a mother-in-law buys a book about being a dad for a dad. And it goes into the bathroom and he might open it up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Is what kind of like the caricature in my head. Like can, will, can they pay and will they pay are the two questions that we get you, two of the questions that we get you thinking about in the choosing an, or defining an audience course that we have um, inside of Fizzle. But when, then with like armed with that intelligence, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I see this idea of a passion that I had at the time. I was getting really into smoking cigars. My buddy Zach and I had really fallen in love with just like, dude, smoking cigars is like an awesome time to just be with a buddy or to read a book or to whatever. You get a little buzz going on. You get to taste the difference in these tobaccos. 
There's all these different manufacturers and this lore about cigars. There's there's these little doojabbies you can buy for the cutter or the lighter. And it, I just fell in love with this whole world. But it was inter- and it's totally difficult to learn about. So I created a, I wanted to create a business around this. I wanted to create a blog called Cigar Apprentice. And we would do videos showing how to smoke cigars because that old curmudgeonly man in the store, he's not going to teach you how. Anyways, long story short, about four months into building the business, I hadn't even launched it yet. We were still putting it all together. This is back before I learned the things that Fizzle literally just walks you through from day one in the roadmap. So I spent way too long thinking about it and you know, fiddling behind the scenes, made this beautiful website. And right about the time I realized, what the hell am I doing? I can't so smoke two cigars a day and like write blog posts about cigars. I have a new son. Was the time my interest started fading in my, quote, passion of cigars, right? This was just an exa- a great example of, like, I saw it as just this opportunity that of, this like, around... I tried to create this business opportunity around a thing I was, I was newly interested in. Hot passion. I was fired up about it. This changes everything, right? This is who I am now. And then it just, like, went as fast as it came, right? Easy come, easy go. And, and that's just for me, like is a harbinger story about, about what passion can, how passion can make your quest for a business just like take years and years of just like building something up like that. And you go like, this obviously can never work for me. Right. Yeah. And I love Corbett that you talk about the difference between like, if you just follow passion, like you might, you, you're going to, you're going to be left high and dry. Just like if you just follow opportunity, you're going to be left high and dry. And but I, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, if you can let go of passion and follow your curiosity, it might lead you to your passion. I think if you land accidentally or by happy accident in a passion that that doesn't lose interest for you over time, you can learn how to be valuable to people. And similarly, if you land in an opportunity that has a chance for you to to get personally interested in it, you will you will learn uh, how like the things that you enjoy about it. And you can kind of like move towards balance in these things. Has that been an experience for you, Corbett? I think so. I I think there's like a real spectrum between passion and and opportunity or passion and value. And and there, everyone is different. Every situation is different. I've seen people who are plenty successful and fulfilled, and yet they are pursuing more opportunistic you know, um, business ideas instead of things that they really care about and they do fine. And, yeah. and oftentimes that's because these people are driven by other things. They care a lot about the outcome or they care a lot about just the business itself and don't need to care so much about the topic. So I think, you know, passion can mean a lot of things. And when we tell people to follow your passion, a lot of times we think, okay, well, that means that I have to pursue a topic or a, you know, a, a, a niche that I really care about, but it could be that you can be passionate about other things within what you do for a living. So I think you, you really have to keep that in mind. The, um, you know, next I want to talk about what you should do instead of all or nothing, either, you know, this being terrible or essential advice. I think there's, there's some middle ground here. And to start with, I think a really great place for people, if you're in Fizzle already and you haven't done this, or if you're not in Fizzle, you can sign up for a free five-week trial at fizzle.co slash try five, and you'll have plenty of time to do this. We have a full course 
you know, because I can imagine right now people are thinking, oh God, I feel, you know, more anxious now than I did before I started this episode, because what do I do? Do I follow my passion? Do I not? How do I find my passion? We have a full course inside Fizzle, which we call choosing a topic. We could have easily called this, you know, finding your passion or finding the right match between opportunity and passion, because that course walks step-by-step through all of the different considerations that you should give trying to identify your business idea. And mm. we talk about the, the uh, tension between opportunity and passion. We talk about uh, you know, skill and how important that is and, and becoming good at something. We talk about a, uh, eight or nine different things that you should consider, and then we give you a framework to evaluate these. So let's say, for example, you're someone like me, and over the past 10 years, you've had interests in all kinds of things. I was just thinking about how fleeting some of these passions were for me over the past 10 years. I was really into sailing, surfing, acting, running, weightlifting, software development, living abroad, startups, entrepreneurship, growth hacking, chocolate, Bitcoin, Sonos, like all kinds of things. And I could imagine myself at one point or another running with any of those and trying to start a business about any of those. For me, the one thing that is really stuck is entrepreneurship and helping people in that regard. But if you have all of these ideas swirling around in your head right now and you're wondering, how the hell do I pick one of these? How do I know if this is the thing? Or how do I know if this is the right combination of opportunity and interest? Our course on choosing a topic will walk you through this and give you a framework for how to evaluate each of, the, each of these so that you can sort of take a step back and look at these and decide which of these is the right combination of all of these things so that you'll have a good shot at both fulfillment and success. And like uh, like all, all of our courses inside of Fizzle, what's great about this is it's not just one course. Your Fizzle membership comes with a course on just about everything you need to start uh, and run a successful business from scratch without investment. It's going to help you become a better entrepreneur. So it's more than just that one course. And also, like all of our courses, you're not doing this alone. Um, nobody's going to do this for you, which is what you know, which is why you're listening to a podcast. Nobody can do this work for you. But you also don't have to do it alone. And in fact, there can be a huge uh, X factor that happens when you realize you can push ideas across the table and get sounding boards off of people in the community, or you're just a part of the community and you hear someone has this idea and they're doing this and you give your two cents and that turns into a little bit of a relationship that now you guys have a mastermind group and stuff. Stuff like this just happens inside of Fizzle. And this is the kind of stuff that an individual needs to be a successful entrepreneur. That's just what it's going to take. It's not, it's not like the, the wild, wild west where you can just move further west and now you're the doctor, <laughs> regardless of skill or expertise. You know, this is, this is the internet now and we all have this and it's on all of our MacBook pros or all of our, you know, whatever computer you surf the, or all of our mobile devices. And you have access to that. If you can put together something that both types into your personal interest or passion or curiosity or care or, or all of the things that we've talked about here. And if you can make something that is incredibly valuable, something that, that people can act if you can find a way to leverage your care and interest and passion to create something that that offers real value to people that is actually useful to them 
And so this course isn't just one course. Uh, it, it, it's, it's all of these courses. And it's this whole way of being an entrepreneur and this whole pursuit of becoming an entrepreneur, of earning a living doing something you care about, of, uh, of I, I don't know, of, of creating and designing a life on your terms, as we always say in the intro. I don't know. Should we say anything else, guys? Oh, go ahead, Steph. No, I just thought, and I, hopefully it doesn't take us too far off track, but I just thought I would add one alternate idea or one other thing to think about for people who, this this could be something to consider for people in a particular situation. So because we've talked a lot about Elizabeth Gilbert, I would be remiss to not bring this part up. So for people, I think, you know, we, we deal with a lot of people in Fizzle and people who listen to the show who are in a situation where maybe they're in some kind of day job and they're trying to figure out what is my passion? What can I do? How do I do all the things that we talk about, like earning a living, doing something I care about? And, you know, there's this quote in Big Magic that I love, and it goes, there's no dishonor in having a job. What is dishonorable is scaring away your creativity by demanding that it pay for your entire existence. <laughs> so I love that because for some people, you know, if you're struggling with like, how do I follow my passion? Maybe you feel really strongly about following your passion. It's possible that maybe at this point right now, maybe not forever, but maybe you don't need to have that thing pay for your whole existence right now. Maybe you can get your bread buttered somewhere else and have the space to, like Chase said, be more curious. Because I think that that pressure to earn a living can be the thing that scares away the curiosity. So yeah. if that is feeling like something that you just can't wrap your head around mm. and you're in a position to get your bread buttered somewhere else for a while, I say go yeah. for it because that that might just give you the space to explore that more fully. And then maybe as Elizabeth tells us, that curiosity will help you stumble into the thing that's like, okay, now I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. So just food for thought. I know we talk so much and all of us in this space talk about earning a living doing this. And there are plenty of people who don't or who take their time. So that's just another thing to consider um, if this is like a very confounding topic for you. Oh, you know what, guys, I have to announce something really quick. I just got a Facebook message from a fizzler who said, <laughs> this is a Facebook, uh, this is a fizzler who makes short, like little, like uh, sort of promo films that are just adorable and amazing. And, and <laughs> she just said, guess who reached out to me today for some possible film collaboration? Elizabeth Gilbert. No way. And it's all because oh, man. two years, it's all because two years ago, some masterminds at Fizzle told me to niche down as far as I could figure out who my audience was following and then reverse engineer some film film content. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! That's fantastic. <laughs> well, this comes on the this this comes on the th the the heels of we got Corbin and I got an email the other day from uh from a guy who was a fizzler a while ago, and he said, uh, "Let me see, I'm trying to find find it uh, again." He just wanted to check in and say thank you for all you do. Not sure if you remember me, but I went through Fizzle a few years back. Both of you helped me rebrand re my company uh, just through the Fizzle content. Now it's a thriving seven figures a year business with my without my involvement. In parentheses, I'm working on a new startup in Silicon Valley. You guys are a blessing. <laughs> Dang. I mean, this is a big week for me. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, because we've had a lot of success stories come out of here, but people who are already showing signs of success, but, but when they came in, you know, they're like, wow, you put all this together and then they get in a fizzle and then they double up, bam, 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 bam. John Corcoran, Darlene, a handful of these people, right? 
And then, and then, but this guy, he came in and he was just like, wanted to rebrand this little thing that he had put together. Now it's a thriving seven figure a year business. He says, without my involvement. <laughs> Crazy. Unbelievable. But I, I don't want to get us off track because those are big, shiny, crazy, delicious, yummy, like, oh my God, that's the world opening up to you, right? And you can't control that. And, and, and I want to say it again what Steph said, which is for some of us, you have to trust that pursuing your curiosity right now in some small and meaningful way is enough, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to find a way to earn a living from this. You don't have to pick something that you're like, I could definitely earn a living doing something on this, so maybe I will pursue it now. Because in my experience, now this is, this is actually some personality type different stuff maybe, because I know that Corbett, one of his one of his dreams was from like from like back in the day was to like I want to be a CEO. I want to run a company. I want to create a company. I want to make some I want to make a company. And I've never had those dreams. I always had the dream that like I would be alive, that I would be thoroughly enjoying myself, that I would be enjoying every single waking moment of my life. And that's kind of where what's and I have not done a great job of 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 pursuing that if I'm honest. You know, but but as one of my <laughs> affirmations says, now is the time that change happens. Even the smallest beginning makes a difference. <laughs> and so I don't know. I want. I want. I love that. I love that you added that, Steph. I love that you added that because it can feel so overwhelming at times for people to to like to pursue your your quote passion or to quote pursue your quote passion to uh, investigate your curiosity, to sort of let go and surrender to what is naturally interesting to you, you are not guaranteed anything. And that's kind of awesome. Yeah. And sort of sort of sacred. And don't ruin that with a paycheck. Yep. Don't try to ruin that with a paycheck yet. You know, I don't know. There's something, there's something really deep and, and meaningful in that. And then as you grow and as you mature and as you understand yourself more and these desires and these interests more, there become ways that like you you can do that thing for more and more and more and more of your time. You know, exactly. and that's the dream. Exactly. Corbett, anything else to add here? You guys have any closing thoughts? No. That I don't I, I feel like I, I talked too much in this whole thing anyways. But this is like so like just You're hitting bone about following for me. Your passion. <laughs> I'm so pa I am I see what you did I am. There. I swear to God. I swear to God I am. This is like I write in my journal every morning. I draw this little circle around the words real hearts because I think of the people who listen to the Fizzle show of especially our, our Fizzlers in, in, in our membership community and just like, and just like these are people who have hope and fear <laughs> and a whole lot of uncertainty in between the two, right? And what they're going to need is diligence. They're going to need clarity. They're going to need courage. They're going to need um, uh, wisdom. They're going to need vision and motivation. They're going to need some guidance around all of these things they're going to need, but all of this stuff they have to do themselves. And it's like, Oh my God, this is a nightmare. You have no idea what you're doing here. Let me help. <laughs> right. And I think if you can get to a, your starting point is, is, is someplace that's the right place. It just saves everything. You, you, you just, you, you save so much heartache and pain when you find something that does make you come alive and you go, I surrender. I surrender. I'm going to do that. I'm going to just head. I'm going to keep heading this way. I'm going to keep heading this way. It's not sexy. It's not cool. I can see no way to monetize this, you know, 
I, for me personally, that's my, that's how my sort of like how I'm wired. Um, and I think I, like, I think of, of you, Corbin, I think of my friend Jay and a handful of the people who are in my life because I just, I'm like, I'm enamored by how intelligent they are. And they're like the opposite of that. They're like, no, that's an actually a totally stupid move. <laughs> like you have to look at the value that you offer as well. Um, and, and I, I think that there's probably, it's not a dichotomy. It's not one or the other. Like Corbett was saying, there's this spectrum where yeah. you, you can have all passion and no, and no value on the left on all the on the right. You can have all value and no passion and, and you lose in both of these. You lose in both of these. Both of them will lead you to burnout, like our last episode. So, will, anyways, uh, that's. <laughs> I'll wrap this yeah. this this up with three quick thoughts here. Um, just you know, if I was advising a fizzler or somebody who's kind of paralyzed with wondering what to do about following their passion, and maybe that's because they're not sure what their passion is, or maybe that's because they they feel some tension between something they perceive as an opportunity and something they feel they're really passionate about. The first of that is for me, that you have to realize that you can be passionate about many things in your life, and most of us probably will be. It's likely that there is no one true passion for you. You could get to the end of your working career and look back and realize that you put 40 years into something and that ended up being the thing that you spent the most time on and that maybe was your biggest passion in life, but most of us will probably end up pursuing a lot of different things. The second thing is that you should know that the more time you spend working on something, the closer you will become to it. Any interest can likely turn into passion over time because of familiarity. Sometimes you have to pursue something before you know how deep your interest runs in it. And so, like Elizabeth Gilbert said, when in doubt, follow your curiosity, work on something, and see where it takes you. And then finally, also remember that it's easier to love what you do when you're successful at it. And on the flip side, failure can take the fun out of almost any interest. So the sweet spot is really probably somewhere in between finding something that you can be successful at and something that you also have a strong interest in. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Steph Crowder. And, and we'll, we'll see you there. there. Or we'll, we'll see you on another, another time. time. So there you have it. All right. <laughs> fizzleshow.co slash 201 is where you're going to find actually an awesome article that writes up some of the biggest points that we made in this episode. And it features the two, the exact two videos you need to watch if you haven't yet or if it's been longer than six months since you've seen them. The Steve Jobs commencement and then the Jim Carrey commencement speeches. They're amazing. They don't take much time. While you're at it, you can throw in the David Foster Wallace and the, what's his name who wrote Never Wear One. Both of those are amazing, too. We should just talk about commencement speeches from now on. All right, that's at fizzleshow.co slash 201. And while you're there, get on the email list. Come on, what do, you, do you really think we're going to take advantage of you? Do you really think you don't want to get emails from us? Do you know how good we do email? Do you know how good we treat our people who are subscribed to email? Come on. Come on. Fizzle.co slash 201. You can find at the bottom of that post, there's our new business toolkit. You can get it for free. Enter your email. Let's get into it. Come on. Here's an iTunes rating from Karatik, Karatik in Russia, who says, This podcast has tr- transformed my treadmill routine into a highly effective 
daily dose of entrepreneurial motivation. Five stars. Thank you so much, Karatek. Yes, Russia! And listen, if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, I would love to read it out on the air. Just go in the iTunes store to search for The Fizzle Show. You'll find us. Click write a review, or you can do it in the app, uh, the podcast app. I would love to hear what you say. We hear it from all over the world. This one was from Russia. I want to hear it from where you are, please, if you can. All right, here's that Elizabeth Gilbert quote again. I haven't been able to get this out of my head, this idea. Instead of that anxiety about chasing your passion that you're not even feeling, do something that's a lot simpler. Follow your curiosity. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.